Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead. I am Len. I am your host. And uh, we have we have a little mini fanbite reunion cast as I am joined by our friend Miriam Strom. Hey, hello. I'm back again for what feels like the first time in seven years. It's been less than a year because I, I edit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And our uh, and our friend Mike Williams. And so I'm back. I'm out of space. No. Hell, welcome back, y'all. I, I have been on here I, I a few times. Actually, I'm I say can, in like the last like four months, maybe. Yeah. I, I have the master spreadsheet. I can see exactly oh. how many times. Uh yeah, Nier was on three times and Mike was on four times or no. Four and five, because I if you count bonus shows, you're each on one bonus show. So. I think a lot of that happened early yeah. in the year during the like, I'm looking for work. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> era of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're here to have a, a bit of a look ahead at, at 2024 or maybe more appropriately, the uh, 11 remaining months of 2024, because we <laughs> ended up recording this. <laughs> Pretty late in January, as opposed to being kind of a New Year's kickoff show that we we uh, generally do. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we could just go ahead and start with uh, like, Mike, what are the strategy? What, what what's the one strategy game you're most looking forward to this year? At this point, it's probably either our history untold or Stormgate. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um we we didn't I feel like we didn't know much about Aura until that like big dev um reveal uh thing that was I think it was part of an Xbox Direct or something like that came out a little bit ago. Yes, and um, it is it is essentially Oxide Games who did not Supreme Commander. What is the name of the game that they did? Um, they did another 4X game, and now they are essentially doing Civilization. Um, oh. Ashes of the Singularity. Thank you. Ashes which of the was, Singularity. Which was like Supreme Commander, basically. <laughs> was, yes, yes. That's, that's why I was, I, was like, I, I was like, I know it was Supreme Commander-esque, but I can't remember yeah. what it was actually called. Um and uh, this is them doing civilization and civilization. I'm, I'm a very big fan of doing the thing with the serial numbers filed off because uh, at worst you get a bad game or project or work. Uh, at best, you get something that pushes the entire like thing forward. Like if Ara does something that actually works, um, maybe Civ will take that up right. or old world or something like that. Like old world. I, I have loved ever since uh, Soren released it. Um, so now I'm like, well, there's some good stuff about old world that it stole from crusader Kings. Are you going to bring that over Civ? Like the world of Warcraft effect of just, um, wow. Warhammer put out an MMO. They, they have these new things in them called public quests smash cut to five years later and everybody <laughs> has public quests now yeah exactly yeah. uh great artists steal so uh um i'm looking forward to this on its own um and i mean worst case scenario it turns out to be another humankind which had promise and then just sort of 
you know, Kobe that all the way away. Um, I have played a little bit of this, uh, and I enjoy it, but I of course can't talk about it because it's part of their insider program thing. Like not for like work or anything. I just signed up as soon as they announced it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it. I, I kind of like what I've seen so far of it. I've been calling it the little guys uh, Civ game because you see all the little guys running around doing stuff, which is oh. yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of new new tech stuff where um, like you can look and see your little guys enter like walking around the town and doing stuff and uh, animals will come in and attack and stuff like that, like. It's definitely just Civ, huh. but part of it is, well, we have this technology now. What what other add on effects can we add to this? And it all has it almost looks like an RTS sort of combat system. I, I mean, I haven't played it. I've only seen like short videos and screenshots, but it does kind of look like armies actually moving around fighting each other. Yeah, I would expect that they're probably just going to bring over their ashes of the singularity combat over to this. So it'll be just RTS, um, Supreme Commander, Starcraft-esque, which is, of course, uh, Starcraft-esque is why Stormgate is my other one. Because that's literally just, hey... Don't you like StarCraft? <laughs> I I did once a long time ago. Well, and like and I have played a fair bit of Stormgate. I played in their last two betas. Um and actually one of them might have been an alpha, but um it is it's basically I what I've been trying to get people to understand that I feel like there's a lot better understanding of this now than there was 6 months ago, but this is basically more or less Blizzard Team 1. Like, they basically cut that entire team because they weren't going to do RTS games anymore. Right. And then those guys, you know, along with some new people, formed Frost Giant Studios, which is who is making Stormgate. So it is it is as direct of a successor to StarCraft and Warcraft in terms of an RTS that I think we will maybe ever get although now microsoft is saying that they would be interested in reviving that so maybe not yeah and i mean the models the models are are as filed the serial numbers off as you can get yeah um, yeah it, it the is the point that i was i was accidentally calling the units by their starcraft names when, when i was playing in the alpha <laughs> it's like this oh that's not a mutilisk what are what are you guys calling it now um yeah yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely that. And um, they're also uh, and this does give me pause. They're focusing more, at least on this part of selling the game and showing off the game on the competitive aspects, mm, yeah. which is fine. And I understand that because, you know, the a lot of the people who played Starcraft and Starcraft 2 are probably in the competitive space. So you need to to keep those people on board. But I I generally do not play against other people. So for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm looking forward to it. You're saying a lot. What I've seen looks great. But what about the single player stuff? Right. 
demons versus space marines is always what i just think of whenever i see stormgate and also wow that name is generic (laughs) is the other thing i think well here's where i think that they they i i'm i'm a little bit optimistic about it because i think starcraft 2 like mike exactly what you were saying was a big problem with starcraft 2 at launch although it did launch with a great campaign i think they were Mm -hmm. too focused on ladder play like specifically like 1v1 strap in like it's 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 like a boxing match like kind of ladder play and the the original incarnation of the starcraft 2 arcade was horrible like it was dog <laughs> shit like it was impossible to find games yeah. uh, like and that's part of why warcraft 3 and brood war i think thrived for as long as they did was that custom map scene that's the whole reason we have moba as a genre and they eventually fixed it, but people had moved on from StarCraft 2 by then. Um, and when I've talked to the Stormgate devs about it, they seem to understand that that was a problem and that they don't want to repeat that same mistake. Um, but the other thing I'm kind of excited about is that they are pushing a little bit more for like 3v3 being maybe the main competitive mode or one of the main competitive modes, which I think is smart from an esports perspective because i think part of the reason that dota and lol just ate starcraft 2's lunch over time there's multiple reasons but one of them is that i just think a team sport is more compelling as a spectator because you have those dynamics between the different players and you have these kind of cooperative things going on um so i think a proper rts esport with a 3v3 competitive format could be really interesting um, just to see how far that can go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, <sighs> I'm, and like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I can, I understand why they are focusing on what they are focusing, yeah. even if the focus is not directly <laughs> on me um, as it should I, be. I, I, I don't know though. Like I, maybe I'm, out of touch with like what the greater strategy game community wants at this point. But I do wonder to a certain degree, like how much of the like competitive angle to things like this is uh, when I think of it, I always think like that's <laughs> and and forgive me for phrasing it like this, but I can't think of a better way to do it right now. Uh, it's such a, like a boomer take on strategy games, or it's just like, it feels to me like such a thing from a bygone era. And when I think of like, modern day competitive play and stuff like that i think you're right about the the, you know the team dynamics and stuff being a bit more interesting and also i see that they're doing some stuff with co-op which i do also think is kind of interesting um but like strategy games to me growing up uh, even just a you know in the era of the starcraft stuff is like it always seemed so intimidating and so crazy and scary and just like this is for ultra ultra hardcore people who have been playing starcraft forever and it's impossible to get in there uh and start playing with other people because i'll just get my shit kicked in and i won't know what i'm doing wrong or right and uh, my my apms aren't high enough and stuff like that <laughs> and i do think that to some degree the the um team-based aspect of it kind of alleviates that a little bit because you can have you know depending on how well they handle it if you think about like mmo is one of the things that makes it good is just like Oh, you play support. You you'll just sit back and buy the items that we need and like heal us and stun the enemy and stuff like that. And you can make big plays. But if you die, it's not a big deal. Um, Though I wonder, like in an RTS setting. If you have to be like microing your um, 
infrastructure and your base and stuff like that and somebody just identifies you as a weak link i think if you, i wonder if you're just going to have the exact same problem it's a really interesting issue to solve and I, i'm curious what they're doing to kind of get around some of that stuff and i'm curious maybe there is at this point just like an audience that is bigger than i think it is but it's just it feels like we've been through this a number of times now with like gray goo and bringing back red alert and all these other things of like the classic just like death ball rts kind of games and they're like it's it's like you remember and it's like yeah and all of those people <laughs> aged out of it or moved on or never got any bigger wow not not near with the callback to gray goo man i remember <laughs> I remember the packs to see that. Wow. I remember no, I remember that very clearly because it was one of my first reviews for IGN and Dan Stapleton, who had been the RTS guy at PC Gamer for years before moving to GameSpy and then IGN, we loaded up a multiplayer match and I wiped the floor with him and he was very <laughs> mad about it. He was very mad. Uh, um, I don't think he said he was mad, but I think he was very mad. He um, felt it. Yeah, you can you can kind of feel, you know, you can you can. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you can you can just kind of feel the hate, I guess, uh, <laughs> when, you know, when you beat someone like that. And like I blew up his big mega super unit that he was sure he was going to destroy me with. And then just one through economy, which is the only way that I ever went in an RTS is just being better at microing my workers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, yeah. It's just it, like, and maybe this just speaks to me, but sort of being skeptical of multiplayer as like an inherent concept in general, like this goes beyond just RTS games and like the, Oh, there's not enough RTS fans out there. I don't think that's true. That's not, it's clearly not true. We can do this podcast. Um, but I do because like the second you say like co multiplayer cooperative or otherwise, you know, less so with cooperative, but especially with competitive is the focus. If you don't reach that critical mass on day one, like you're just cooked, like yeah. like it's just over from the beginning and it's time to, you know, move on. So doing that as a debut effort, obviously, this team has worked on other games under a mm -hmm. different name. They've, they've done it under Blizzard, but. Ah, uh, I've seen this happen so many times, like how many first person shooters and battle royale games and MOBAs and uh, uh, MMOs and XYZ have come out in the past, like 10, 15 years where they're like, we're going to shake up this particular multiplayer genre. And it's just like if if there's not you know, even from big players like Ubisoft had their big battle royale a few uh, years ago, that hyperscape or whatever, and nobody played it and it was gone in six months. Yeah. I definitely think a big thing needs to be you need to have content for all kinds of players and all skill levels. And yeah. that's that includes campaign, that includes custom maps. Like you need to have people who are never gonna be competitively viable still playing the game and having fun in order to build a strong competitive scene. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that uh fighting game lost mm -hmm. for a couple years there. But I think I think after Street Fighter V face planted at launch, everyone sort of realized like, oh, OK, so we need to have like it can't just be fighting ready for the Evo stage. Mm -hmm. You got to have a single player mode, uh, like have an arcade mode, a training mode. There's got to be some sort of RPGs grinding mode, maybe uh, character creator and stuff like they realize like, oh, we need all of this stuff. 
yeah. before we launch. And like Tekken 8 just came out and there's a great example of that. Just like here's the main game for all the Evo heads, all the characters, it's balanced. Yay, go ahead. But also for all of you normal people like myself, uh, here's a full story mode. Here's an arcade mode. Here's a whole bunch of extra modes. Uh, have fun. Yeah. I, I feel like you even see this like coming from, you know, some of the big players like Sony and stuff like that at this point. I remember, you know, remember that kind of era of and and it even leaked into the PS5 era a little bit with like Ghost of Tsushima and Uncharted and a bunch of other games that all just had kind of like multiplayer modes. They had the that God of War Ascension, I think it was called. That was like co-op God of War. That was like the last God of War game on the PS3 that nobody remembers. Um, and they were they were trying to make that happen. And everybody talks about how like, yeah, The Last of Us multiplayer is like really well respected and it was very cool and it's gone now. And they tried to do it again with Last of Us Part Two and they were like, nah. And now what they're doing is roguelike modes. It's like, what what is the thing that is the value add that we can make for this game, this this primarily story-driven game? that everybody can experience and it doesn't matter. We don't have to keep up servers. We don't have to do balance patches. We don't have to do X, Y, Z. And now the last of us Two remastered as it's called, just launched with a roguelike mode. And I, I, uh, God of war Ragnarok also added something mm-hmm. like that with like a narrative component to it and stuff like that. So I don't know. There's, <laughs> this is a, this is a more of a mean metaphor than I intended to be, but the, uh, you can, you can see the rats, leaving the sinking ship to some degree. Um, not to say that the people involved in those are, are rats. That is just the only metaphor I can think of. Unless they want to be. So, you know, some people like rats. You know, but, they, yeah. fair, fair, fair. I, I don't want to, you know, uh, downplay yeah. anybody's persona. Right. Uh, yeah, Mir, what what games are you looking most forward to in 2024? <sighs> um, in terms of strategy games specifically, it's kind of thin for me out there but there's a big one called homeworld 3 that i really want to play yeah yeah um Um, i got to do a preview of it It was one of the last things that i did a preview for over at fanbyte before i jumped out of games journalism uh and that definitely seemed pretty cool um and i you know grew up on homeworld and remember thinking to myself wow this battlestar galactica reboot sure seems a lot like (laughs) homeworld (laughs) that's real that's very true that is yeah. like very true yeah. yeah i think rowan has pointed that out before too just like the, the yeah. musical stylings and stuff like that a uh-huh. lot of just the the basic story premise um and uh-huh. yeah this is our first true proper sequel to homeworld since like the homeworld 2 did homeworld 2 also have an expansion I, i'm showing that i'm a fake homeworld fan here i want to so, say it did i forget what it was called though um but this is the this is our first true follow-up to to that story in a long time the deserts of crack a game that i reviewed and was actually probably more negative on at the time than in retrospect i I, it deserved um i loved deserts of karak i don't i don't remember reading your original review for it but yeah it was over on ars technica and i just kind of remember (laughs) thinking myself that the game was a little bit tedious with like you could just sit and you could you could complete the objectives fairly early on in a mission and then just there wasn't a great solution to and because it's a persistent you know world where you keep your money and resources and units and stuff going from map to map there's not really like a clean solution to okay i've i've beaten this level and now i'm just going to sit here and let the game run for 90 minutes while my units collect resources passively so that I can move on to the next area. There was not really like a sense of urgency or like a quality of life thing there. I was kind of 
down on that. And that was another situation where people loved the multiplayer, but I just don't care that deeply about RTS multiplayer most of the time. And also it was it was ground based. So like, yeah, you're missing that 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 real key homeworld hook of 3D space movement, which, you know, in if we're being completely honest, how much did the 3D space movement ever really matter? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is it really cool that you could press a button and then all your fighters uh, form a big sphere shape around a battleship? Yeah, it's cool as hell. <laughs> Does it matter? Eh, it's hard to tell sometimes. Uh, but it was cool, damn it. Well, that's part of what I like about Homeworld 3 is that at least it seems like they're trying to do more interesting stuff with space terrain. Which, uh, you know, it makes that 3D movement a little bit more impactful and kind of solves another perennial 3MA problem that just like space is bad. Mm, (laughs) Like mm -hmm. just an empty 3D volume is not a fun place to have a strategy game happen in. Especially because space is... Sorry, we're we're going on one of my tangents about just sci-fi stuff. Space is so cool. Like, I love Star Wars. But all the planets in Star Wars just look the same. <laughs> space, <laughs> space has so many like weird different planets, like planets that are like covered in mercury or like carbon ice or shit like, you know, like planets that look vastly different. And space is dangerous. And for Homeworld, like you don't need an empty volume. You can have like dangerous gases shrapnel fields yeah you know a whole bunch of different that's what they're doing in three a lot i think the problem is that uh you know if you're making a tv show space needs to be something that you can find within an hour of of los angeles or uh, (laughs) if it's a bbc show london um so Um, mike has seen stargate (laughs) sg1 he knows all about shooting (laughs) alien planets uh in toronto oh yeah or toronto yeah there you go Um, yeah Yes, it's like, wow, this looks like the force of Vancouver once again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, also lighting and stuff like that. Like, you know, if the if the skies of the planet are green, then you got to light the entire thing green and then it mm-hmm. looks bad. Like, I understand the logic of it mentally. It's just a thing that has always bothered me. But Homeworld 3 does appear to be, like um, Len was saying a second ago, just um, really leaning into, at least from the demo that I played now, probably like a year and a half ago, they were really leaning on like, this is a giant debris field of like an old super capital mega ship fleet that has been destroyed and floating in space for a thousand years and enemies can hide behind it and your scanners won't be able to read them unless you do like an active pulse and uh, even then you have to be like right on top of them and then they might be able to ambush you by flying out of a big tunnel, like a big tube mm-hmm. of metal. And then you can you can hide your ships and to avoid missile fire by outrunning them and then hiding behind cover. And like the cover system was a huge thing that they were talking about. And it's like, this is, yeah, you guys are thinking about what you can do with space as a concept outside of just they move in 3D. Um, and that seems like the right direction to take that stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm mostly worried worried uh, about Homeworld 3 in terms of, like, I hope it's enough of success because uh, Homeworld 3 is uh, under Gearbox now, which yeah. is under uh, the infamous Embracer group. 
and Embracer is cutting, cutting, cutting. And that's really probably our other, like, we're looking forward to 2024. That's probably going to be one of the ongoing continuing stories. Uh, yeah. Oh, at least just, developers get above a certain size. Just, I mean, like, just so we don't end on a downer, we should maybe just get that out of the way here. Because I do think, like... The fact that we waited as long as we did to release this episode has kind of just revealed that this is this year so far has just been a bloodbath in terms of games industry layoffs. Jesus um, Christ, it just does not end. Yeah, I think that I'm trying to remember. I was trying to pull up the article, but I believe someone said that there have been more layoffs in January 2024 so far and there were in like the first half of 2023 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or something yeah, like that. We're about halfway <laughs> to all of 2023's layoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Activision Blizzard post Microsoft merger just laid off like 1900 people. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's, like Microsoft yeah. laying off nearly 2000 people. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, Especially if you're posting like very high profits and we can look at your share price and see that it's going up. Uh, they were you know. valued at $3 trillion now, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, they're the second company in the history after I think Apple to hit that. Yeah, like may- maybe I'll get canceled for this, but I don't think that's very cool. I don't think that's very <laughs> cool of them to do that. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and it's 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 bad, uh, but I I, I think... One that's going to continue on probably for like another year, year and a half. Um, but two, I think it's probably going to see a shakeup in uh, one more talent coming to the indie side if they have the chance to. For sure. And also some of these bigger companies maybe starting to play in some of these genres that they have essentially ceded to indies because mm-hmm. they weren't uh go big or go home enough um like microsoft going hey i mean you know why don't you bring back such and such property that we own like you you might as well take a shot because again nobody knows what's going to work as seen by uh the infamous pow world uh and we have other examples of that. Like even before Power World, there was what Lethal Company, mm-hmm. um, and you never know. I mean, even on the uh, strategy only side, Hooded Horse has made a lot of yeah smart releases. Against the Storm isn't necessarily what I wanted from that. Like in my head, I saw it. I was like, oh yay, Warcraft three, and it's not that oh but it's so good though (laughs) it's good but uh it's it's not what i like what i saw when i first looked at it but uh old world and against the storm you know like those are doing pretty well like no they're not burning up the uh the airwaves and and you know being power world but they're they're making good money you wrote about that didn't you len i I read your piece on I kind of wrote uh, I wrote a blog about how I feel like Hooded Horse is basically doing what I wish Paradox's publishing side would do. Like they're kind of showing them up at what I feel like they should be best at uh, with yeah old old world and uh, um, Terra Invicta is another one that mm. is more niche than like Against the Storm certainly, but that I absolutely love. 
Um, yeah, it's. And I, uh, and, and I guess we do have to talk. Let's 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 keep rolling on these bad bad stories. <laughs> Paradox. What's going on, y'all? It's yeah. <laughs> I every day for like the last two months of last year or like the beginning, I, f- I forget the exact timeline. All you know, life is a blur post 2020, uh, but uh, every so often I would just check the uh, 3MA Discord and there would just be some new discussion <laughs> about how City Skylines 2 had just crawled out of a pit in hell um and looked like it was just warped by the cenobites like flesh machine and i what is going on um that that is and i don't remember if i i said this in the discord or if i've said it publicly but skylines 2 is fascinating to me for a number of reasons and i hope that someday when the wounds aren't as fresh and everything's moved on and maybe we have City Skylines 3 and it's an amazing game. I just want to find out what happened. I just <laughs> really, really want to know what happens. Yeah. Because they also have, since we did an episode on it, released a dev blog where they revealed that like it was already like three years late. Like it was originally supposed to come out in 2020 or something. And I just I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I know they've I also want to say they've been getting like an insane amount of harassment from people who suck. So, like, oh, yeah, don't let my negativity about the game City Skylines 2 encourage you to go be mean to the developers, because that's there's just been like like City Skyline is the 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 biggest miss. So it's the banner that shows up. But like Age of Wonders 4 is a good game. Yeah. It's very good. Didn't really make much of an impact. Uh, I mean, better than Planetfall, at least. So, uh, And then they got Millennia, which has no release date, but it is another Civ-like. And I just feel like, like even if you nail it, you got Aura on one side, Aura and Old World on one side, and whatever Civ 7 will be on the other. So like you're already you're already behind the eight ball. I I will also say like I'd be remiss as like um I don't know I'm sure there are other people at 3MA who are also big fans of this game but as I will say at least one of the BattleTech super fans out there and the Shadowrun Returns super fans oh, yeah. out there um the way that shit went down with Hairbrain schemes uh in the last few months with um the Lamplighters League Lamplighters League getting cut coming out and then just being like he i don't i don't know the businessy type term for this they they put out a whole blog post about how basically they the day after it came out they had already like turned it into a tax write-off essentially and laid off like 80 percent of the people at hairbrain schemes and they then spun off in a bungee like fashion into their own independent studio again uh it was like and there was a lot of discussion out there about like yeah paradox did we wanted to do a new battle tech and we wanted to do a new shadow run and paradox was like no you have to come up with like new original ips uh because we don't want to pay licensing fees to microsoft which makes some sense but also the lamplighters league did not seem like what yeah people wanted and, and logically like if they wanted to use their own ips their best bet was to put um harebrained 
on World of Darkness stuff. Sure. Like, put that put yeah. that together. Um, Such because, a blab. Because the World Just, of Darkness stuff is also not going anywhere. You could, uh, take, the, you could take the engine from Shadowrun Hong Kong and just make it Vampire the Masquerade. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's that seems like an easy win to me. But yeah. It does, um, it does. But that is, that is not the easy win. And that's uh, like part of, and then, you know, they got Life by You, which seems to be there as City Skylines was to SimCity. Uh, to The Sims, but The Sims is doing fine. Like The Sims has four, has tons of players, and their next game is coming. So once again, you're like you're already behind the eight ball. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. Yeah. I, it's, it's just uh, weird. Like they were riding high for a while, and then it it just crashed and burned. Yeah, I mean, looking ahead to 2024. I think Life by You and like Bloodlines 2, maybe are there two big things that are coming potentially and, this year? And, but, uh, and you wrote about this to to uh some degree of just like that is just not a paradox game in the in the way that we understand them. Like right. a hooded horse is the ones out here kind of like making games that feel like they're designed for the paradox game playing audience, and then like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 was a game that I was extremely excited about. I would say the expectations have been tempered over the course of about six years of bizarre news coming out of what's that. I was going to say that studio, but it's a different studio. Now they took the original studio off and replaced them with um, the Chinese room, the makers of your Esther and everybody's gone to the rapture, um, which is an interesting choice, but it's just like, what, what happened guys? Yeah. Like, what is going on? That's another one. We're like 10 years down the line. I want to write that postmortem. Like what, yeah. <laughs> what happened? But, um, yeah. Uh, I guess to bring it back around to a little bit, a little bit more positive, uh, news, you, you do mention, you mentioned hitted horse and of the games we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the one I'm probably most excited about for 2024 is manor Lords. I don't know if either of you have been following this, but it's it's like a city building game with with Total War in it. Like your city produces these formation armies that go do like Total War battles with other armies. I've Um, seen it only because you guys have mentioned it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, And I will always I will always. point out uh so we we have history nerds like hard history nerds uh and stuff and i'm just like i don't know what we're doing here y'all um i'd say correct me if i'm wrong mike but you and i do not follow into the that camp of 3ma co-hosts correct correct i i am more definitely on the uh give me some sci-fi give me some fantasy um uh, I am endlessly, uh, and I did not mean to make that pun, endlessly looking over and asking, where is Endless Legend again? Uh, <laughs> that was my that was my my jam and humankind wasn't it. So let's let's go back to endless, mm. let's go. They're still putting out stuff for Endless Space 2, aren't they? Yes, but that's less of my mm. jam now um i do like the terrestrial based ones 
Uh, Stellaris is good. Um, we have one on the list, Ixion, which I believe is in that same space, but uh, insane. Ixion is, <laughs> is cool. I, I played a little bit of that back in the fanboy days, and I was like, oh, you guys are you guys are trying something here. I, and I was like very. The thing about Ixion that was always like not off putting to me exactly, but I was just like, I'm not sure where are you. What are you guys saying here exactly? Was just very much like the tone of the story. I'm just like, I can't I can't tell what you guys mean here. I'm, I'm going to get back to you. And then I just never did. I uh, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I feel I feel very attacked by the history comments because I literally just tweeted before we started this show. <laughs> I've forgotten more about the Roman Empire than most people will learn in their lives, but I don't know the answer to stuff like, is it bad to use unscented hand soap <laughs> to hand wash dishes? It's all just soap, right? <laughs> yeah, um might 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 know a little bit a bit a little bit too much about history and not about things that actually affect my life honestly. yeah so like like it's it's one of those things like when we're, we'll talk about stuff and and to move back towards manor lord even though it's not really super historical based like it's one of those things where i'll be doing something uh, in some sort of mechanics and one of y'all will step in and be like well you know the the pharaohs didn't actually do this and i'll just like i i don't understand like i don't <laughs> it doesn't matter how did you get into my house <laughs> man this is a wendy's yeah um, yeah uh yeah um lost my train of thought man or Lord. Yeah. You're, hurt, you're hurt so much by my words <laughs> it's just very very uh yeah very very difficult to come back from that but um yeah, Manor Lords, I I think it's just more in kind of like a generic pseudo medieval type of setting from what I can tell. But I'm sure there will be lots of stuff that, you know, John and Rowan and I will be able to nitpick about the way the armor clasps aren't correct for that type of uh, chain mail or whatever. Yeah, but it's also not, <laughs> not like not like super like yeah. history rooted um and the other one from hooded horse that i'm looking forward to is nova roma which i don't know if that has a release window that may just be like 2024 um but that's a roman based city building game but it's it's lighter it feels it looks like it's lighter it's very very voxely very like you know chunky block lego type like vibe to the visuals Oh yeah, I have seen this. I had to look it up, but yeah. Um the other one that looks really interesting is Menace. Um It's not that on your list. I've never heard of this. Yeah, uh I've actually found out about it through the um that PC gaming show uh most anticipated games feature thing. Um but it's it's kind of a turn-based tactical XCOM like from the Battle Brothers devs and uh it, oh, these are all oh, good words. These are all great words. Bye. Yeah. Mm, delicious. Yeah. Um and it looks great, which I, you know, famously I skipped Battle Brothers because I couldn't stand the graphics, even though everybody yeah. was telling me how good it was. No, uh, you're you're right and true, and you should say it. <laughs> uh but yeah, this uh this looks really cool. Um and uh yeah, I mean 
I know mechanically Battle Brothers was very highly praised by my uh, strategy colleagues. So and, I'm, and then they put yeah. out War Tales, which is just Battle Brother Brothers, but what if it looked good? Yeah. Uh, was that the same dev? I don't. No, no, no. Okay. I don't think so. I, okay, so they as in like the royal they. Oh yeah, uh, just yeah. you know the 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 earth, the universe birthed us a new Battle Brothers. <laughs> We just we went out into the fields to pull up the new Battle <laughs> Brothers from the ground. Yeah. Um, oh, great crop looks, in this year. This looks good. This this looks yeah. menace looks real good and meaty to me. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, um my my brain immediately starts thinking like, oh, BattleTech? B- BattleTech? Maybe a little maybe a little BattleTech in there? Maybe 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 just a little bit of BattleTech. Oh, I was that was the other thing I was going to say is that uh Apparently, Harebrained has now said that Paradox still has the rights to the Battletech and Shadowrun video games, so they can't even make those anymore. Which so bizarre. Is weird. It could, like wasn't part of the reason they made them make Lamplighters because of a licensing issue, but they already have the. Li- I I don't know. Yeah, it I seems guess like they still have to pay royalties on it, but yeah, they they probably didn't want any more new games in that world. But I'm yeah. I'm guessing like they own the rights to publish those specific games. We're just going to fund. We're going to add a Patreon tier to buy the rights to Battletech and give them back to Airbrain schemes. Let's I mean, go I mean, again to, to be like entirely like like the Stormgate thing. Like, y'all, yeah. the thing we want, like, yes, there are hard Battletech heads that care that it is, you know, the exact model of mech or whatever. But we just want that. That jam, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can do the battle tech houses and mercenaries without calling it battle tech and make yeah. up your own designs. We just want the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, like I am not a battle tech battle tech person, but I enjoyed playing battle tech a lot. If anything, I think like the battle tech brand as a, as like a universe has aged pretty poorly and hair yeah. brain schemes did a lot of work in BattleTech, the the 2018 video game to make the world feel more up to date and modern and like not mm-hmm. be just like uh, quite as 80s style racist as it maybe originally was. <laughs> they should uh they should try to get the license for Lancer. Like that's, that's Yeah. Uh, that made a little bit of a splash in the 3MA Discord for a little while uh cuz it's it's still mechs, but it's it's a completely different aesthetic and a completely different I, sensibility. I've run Lancer um, campaigns before, and it's it. I mean, it it. I will if anybody out there is looking for a turn based tactical, um, mech game to play. I'll just warn you ahead of time. It is crunchy as fuck, but it is yes. fun. <laughs> uh, but that would work well, great. Look or, at these designs. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. You know, from BattleTech, you can do some real fun stuff with the mech designs. Yeah, yeah. Like it is like like BattleTech has always kind of been like the mech universe for like what we've we called bolt counters when we were talking about like World War II <laughs> strategy games. Like it's like this is a tank and it has like specs that are similar to a tank. And then I think like on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have something like Armored Core, where it's just like Gundams going 700 miles an hour and you know blowing shit up and uh, mm-hmm. yeah lancer puts kind of a uh really really unique visual design spin on everything where the, like it's kind of organic looking a little bit and, yeah well, it, it, um, there's like a whole 
a huge thing in Lancer is that there's a bunch of different factions of like mech manufacturers and they all have like very different principles for what they're building. There's like yeah. Harrison Armory is your very classic style of like uh, battle tech style mechs and stuff like big blocky chunky got big guns kind of guys. And then over in like Smith Shimano, it's like all mega future cyberpunk stuff. And then there's Horus, who uh, is just a bunch of like nerds who cobble together stuff they find on the Internet. But the, <laughs> that, the stuff that they find on the Internet might be sent to them by a machine god um, who is yeah. like, you know, warping reality around them. So their guns can like extrude meat and things. It's crazy and it's very cool. Yeah. So Harrowbrain Schemes, if you guys are listening. <laughs> Just do what you do, which is either Battletech or Shadowrun with either your own world or some other some other smaller license. Lancer would be fine. Like we we just want your jam, especially since there's it's not like there's a ton of people doing that jam. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, We finally got to see some in-game footage for Frostpunk 2 after what feels like four years or so. Like, it's been a long time since that game has been announced, and uh, there have been a lot of cinematic trailers, but no real gameplay. Uh, it looks a lot bigger than Frostpunk. Like, the cities are bigger. There's more going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited it, for it. It is the no- second Frostpunk. I am. It, uh, I'm not saying I'm not excited for it, but it's a known quantity. That's it. Like, it is an evolution of the first Frostpunk, so I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like, ah, wow, like, yeah. Yeah, they. I don't feel like they've announced anything feature-wise that makes me go, oh, this is going to be so different. Um, so I kind of see where you're coming from with that. Um, the other one I wanted to make sure we mentioned, the, because I I was not clued into it, but I think we might have actually done an early access episode on it, was Iron Oath. Yeah, um, that uh, that came out last year, early la- or late, late, very late last year, actually. Um, and I, I have been meaning to, I think at a certain point, I became like thought of as the Iron Oath <laughs> expert purely because I was the one who like saw it first. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, it is like out, out. Okay. Yeah, it came out last year. Uh, in one, it was in early access for uh, about a year or so, and then like it came into 1.0 last like November, October. Okay. Yeah. The, so the reason I'm a little bit confused is because I pulled all of these from the 2024 IGN reviews calendar. <laughs> so ah. apparently they didn't realize that it's out. <laughs> out already i, I wonder if but, uh, uh, is there like a is there a what you call it uh, 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 uh console release i'm sorry me maybe, on a maybe. yeah me on a pc podcast uh what do you call those things again consoles no, i don't know it's it's uh but uh yeah that's that's i guess maybe not something i mean part of this looks it, so so near is the is one of the the darkest darkest dungeon heads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and this looks <laughs> Within that wheeled house, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm liking the look of this. It's it's kind of honestly to bring it all back to uh, Battle Brothers and War Tales and stuff like that. It is kind of what if Battle Brothers meets uh, or met Darkest Dungeon uh, in a lot of ways, where it's like you're kind of leading a mercenary company in the Battle Brothers sort of sense. 
but then you go into dungeons and things and it is um turn-based tactics um but it is very like you you go down you know six rooms and now your team has to stop and eat and break camp and stuff yeah yeah it looks really cool i like the the like pixel art style that they've got yeah if you like those um, uh, chunky pixel uh, type of games, it is it is one of those. Maybe since it's out, we should get get a get an actual full show together. But uh, yeah, um, they have a they have a roadmap. Maybe maybe there's like a major update coming soon that we can uh, yeah, tie it yeah. all into. Uh, anything we're missing, even, you know, tangentially related to strategy that you're looking forward to for 2024? The you know uh, I'm really excited about the the best upcoming strategy game of 2024, Dragon's Dogma Two. <laughs> I hey pawns are kind of like units, you know. Yeah, you know we've done like tactical RPGs in the past that might qualify as a tactics game, possibly. Uh, um, <laughs> I uh, I really like the first Dragon's Dogma, and yeah. I find it extremely funny that they're making another one after. That first game, I love it. That game, I is so bizarre. It's such a strange thing. It is it like intentionally so in a lot of ways. It's 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 a Skyrim like third person action adventure RPG type thing um, by Capcom. Um, I believe the mon- the old Monster Hunter team or one of the old Monster Hunter teams, um, basically doing an open world um, pseudo Bethesda RPG with just some of the most bizarre narrative trappings <laughs> you've ever seen. And like what looks like a very straightforward, uh, swords and horses fantasy world. Um, and it's just, it, as soon as you start scratching beneath the surface it is extremely odd mechanically and narratively. Um, and it was really, really, really well liked by the people who played it. And most people just kind of went to it and like, we're like, what the hell is this? And now they're making a high, big budget sequel to it. Uh, like, I want to say like 11, 12 years later um, at this point, because that was like an early 360 game or a, a mid-era 360 game. Yeah, I never played the first one, um, but I am looking forward to the second one just because of the, the good things I've heard about the first one. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> this one looks like it's got a look to it. It's got like it. they're really leaning into the like, big giant weird monsters with like unsettling faces and things like that where it's like oh this is a you know this is a classic monster uh from from history you know like the like a sphinx or something like that and it's just like we don't see that kind of monster rendered in such like graphical fidelity in video games very often in like this hyper realistic way and you see it on screen and it's just like this is a giant woman's face on a lion's body and it's just like there's something about it that just like sets you on edge a little bit uh in a good way (laughs) um me whenever i see a giant monster girl it sets me on edge a little bit (laughs) anyway um (laughs) it's 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 very strange and it i'm excited for it i'm very excited for it uh it does have some like like one of the things in that game is that there's like an entire race of people who look like people but aren't people called pawns uh, which you as the arisen in the dark dragon's dogma world um, will have them. They'll just follow you. And people explain to you like, yeah, they're they look like humans, but they're kind of more like weird 
uh, golems or something that don't have uh, souls. If you like, don't tell them what to do. They just sort of like stand and stare at a wall for for days until they starve to death or something. Uh, but they always follow the arisen to battle and stuff. And so it's this kind of like single player co-op experience where you have these kind of units that you kind of order around a little bit. And, and the, the the real magic of the pawn system is that pawns work by um, almost uh, Bethesda RPG logic, where if they do a thing, they get better at the thing. Right. So half of it is sort of raising your pawn to do what you want it to do. Like a Tamagotchi. Is, yeah. Uh, to the point that you're, if you're like, all right, I need to make a really tanky pawn. Like you're just throwing them into nonsense. <laughs> Literally, and, you can pick them up and throw them at things and people wow. and monsters. Wow. Um, so, so it's all about, yeah, like you're sort of raising this uh, additional co-op partner to sort of, uh, work with whatever your main character does to the point that like, that's that's really for me the strong part of the game like just having fun building pawns because uh, it's not an easy process no. and uh you can screw it up um but when it does work you end up getting like like mega pawns that you can just be like i'm gonna stand over here i need you to go kill that thing and then the pawn goes and does it yeah and and you can hire them out to other people and and they'll like bring you back rift crystals and they'll they'll gain experience and like learn stuff if like somebody else takes your pawn on a quest in a dungeon you haven't been to yet the next time you go to that dungeon uh the pawn will say like oh i know where the door to get through here is there's a secret switch over here and it's like what <laughs> sorry why do you know that it's yeah. it's so bizarre uh, interesting yeah i'm i put my name down to be considered for to review it so uh yeah i'll be interested in checking that out um and uh Uh, other stuff probably um the um, not a better word the migration of the uh chinese indie developers over to the u.s is continuing so their celestial empire uh, which is a uh, city builder that takes place in China. And there's some other games. There's uh, Bulwark, the Falconeer Chronicles, which is sort of like an air-based city builder um, based on an existing... There, there's just a lot, of, a lot of small, weird strategy games, city mm. builders, and all that stuff that are sort of out there doing their thing. Um, and they probably won't get a ton of press or anything like that, but they look interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as we kind of move into predictions, I think a pretty, I, I think I could make a pretty good prediction that within the next five, 10 years, like the Chinese games industry is going to be a bigger deal overseas. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more games with like Chinese devs. I don't know if it'll get up to the same like level of prestige that like Japan is in the rest of the world, but I think we'll, we'll be seeing a lot more Chinese made games getting releases in, uh, in, in the West. 
Yeah, I, and they, they, they pop up on the next fest. Uh, they probably have to work a little bit on localization. There was one I forget what it was that I was really looking forward to, and then I loaded it up, and it was all in Chinese, and I couldn't figure out how to switch it to English. Yeah, I know the I know the big one that everybody keeps talking about is Black Myth Wukong that gets uh, bandied about a bit. Though I've also one of the reasons why I've heard it bandied about a bit is I believe that there were, there's some shitty working conditions yes. going on. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was definitely what you will. a thing. Um, yeah, there's there's maybe some some labor rights stuff that uh, they they still need to work on over there. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, they got they got there's some labor right things that they need to work on over there. And nowhere else. <laughs> and nowhere else. We're perfect. We've solved it in, on this side of the world. We have no, uh, you know, issues with sexism or harassment in the workplace or, you know, mass layoffs or anything like that. But, Time to open uh, up uh, Kotaku.com real quick and see yeah. what Bobby Kotick is up to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, Fran- Francis Fukuyama's right. It's the end of history. The Western world has solved all the problems. And now it's just going to be great forever. Um, Already like it's 1999. Uh, Cycling back to like a slightly more positive thing, at least I hope. And also to your note about like uh, Japanese game development, too. And like um, Aiden Chronicle 100 Heroes is coming out this year in theory. I don't think it has like a official release date. No, it does. Okay, April 23rd. So that's not too far away. Do you all know about this? This is the Suikoden uh but oh, yeah. next week or then yes yeah. this is that's that game it's the uh konami's not going to make any more of these so uh, here you go um it was like a one of the big kickstarter successes of the big kickstarter video game boom um and yeah for people who don't know suikoden those were a very good konami rt or rpg tactical rpg kind of things on the playstation one and eventually the playstation two that they kind of just disappeared yeah they're they're like same same sort of um uh design space as like fire emblem and shining force like yeah so yeah i I think that counts as strategy i think we can firmly say that's within our purview oh yeah especially (laughs) you know by the time of uh sweet in two they were just full-on like final fantasy tactics style battles Um, um yeah that, yeah that's definitely one to keep an eye on i i feel like i have heard so little about it they put out that they put out like a prequel game that i believe was pretty well liked that was like a, a 3d hack and slash platformer type thing uh and i have heard very very little about the main game right right um, um and and i feel like these kinds of things where it's like hey guys we did a kickstarter for a game that is kind of like a game that you remember from a million years ago, but we're, we don't have the licensing to that one. I feel like that stuff can be very hit or miss. I, you, there are definitely some some failures, but there are definitely some really big successes, too. Do you, is it are they still is it still water margin? Because Sui Coden was based on water margin, wasn't it? Like, oh, I, what is I, what is water margin? It, it's a it's a Chinese epic. It's like it's up there with like Journey to the West and oh. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It's like the third major like huge piece of Chinese literature. And I know the original Sui Coden was inspired by water margin, but I don't know if because uh, I th- that I assume is not something that Kodami owns the rights to. So presumably, if, if they're gonna uh, keep, uh, yeah. 
I know they're I mean it's called Hundred Heroes, I presume, because like the the big thing in the original yeah. Secret Games was um that you were going through and recruiting like the 36 stars of destiny, which is basically technically thir- you could get basically 36 party members, quote unquote, but oftentimes it was, you know, 15 of those can actually be used in combat and one unlocks like a cooking mini game back at your home base. And three of them are like basically upgrades for your blacksmith. But, you know, you were you were kind of trying to find all of these people. And that was how you would get the, the true endings was you had to like recruit your whole army. And I assume the the 100 heroes thing points to that sort of element. So there's some definitely some similarities. Um, oh, and I'm, I'm even looking at like screenshots and stuff. And there's some very sweet and to like imagery of two anime boys standing <laughs> on a bridge like star-crossed uh you know rivals kind of thing like ah i see okay uh speaking of serial numbers writing off and and kickstarter uh i will point out warside uh which was a kickstarter game that is just advanced wars oh um, not even uh once again in, in the current like, oh like power world just like oh you just that is just the thing. Uh, I'm looking at screenshots <laughs> of this game now. Uh, <laughs> not kidding. This just does look like Advance Wars. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, Dark Deity 2, uh, which th- the first one was once again just old school Fire Emblem. Um, had a couple, we, we did an episode on it. Had a couple of things where I was like, hey, you're not quite there yet. Um, so, hey, sequel time. Maybe they, they will be there. No, the, the sequel. Some of the character art in the sequel looked really nice, though. Yeah, no, I mean they, they've they've definitely. It looks like they've they've improved. Um, so uh, we'll see how they improved on the the tactical side. Like one of my problems with the first one was some of the maps just tactically weren't all that interesting. Um, but again, that's one of those things like. Hey man, I want to see you build on it. You did a good job. Let's see what you can do a second time around. Yeah. So I have a pair of predictions to make. Uh, one of them I think is a very easy prediction. The other one is a medium easy prediction. <laughs> um, I think we are definitely going to see Civilization Seven announced in 2024. It might not come out in 2024, but I think it's going to be announced in 2024. Um, it's it's just been it has never been this long between the final expansion, depending on how you want to define that, because they keep putting out more stuff for Civ six uh, for a previous Civ game. And when the next Civ game is announced, we're at like we've shattered the record at this point, um, mm. which I know is partly because certain people left for access, one of whom I'm assuming was originally supposed to be the successor to the throne of Sid Meier to direct the next game. Um, yeah, yeah. To put it in perspective, Civ Six came out in 2016. So, uh, like, we, we we were just we were talking Grey Goo. <laughs> was a contemporary for Civ Six, and that's oh, insane. Oh man, uh, yeah. So we're due for it. Uh, the other thing is, I think Europa Universalis Five will be announced in 2024. Oh, interesting. Um, and I partly can't say why I think that, but I do think that. <laughs> I can't. I can't say what I think about Civilization Seven. So I'm, okay, I, I get right. you. 
but you do know something about Civilization Seven, so it must exist. I Got him. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. Who know? I you know. I will say they're they're probably going to make another uh, game in an incredibly successful um, franchise. Yeah. Yeah. At some uh, point in the in the who knows in maybe not in our lifetimes. (laughs) Um, Total War is another one where I'm uh, just because they've canceled stuff like they apparently canceled Three Kingdoms, too, at least according to the leak. Uh, I don't know if this will ever make it out the door, but we did get some fairly reliable info that they were maybe working on a 40k total war um i don't know if it'll ever come out but that is interesting um i admit i don't particularly i I would want to see relic go back to to warhammer than total war for 40k right yeah, it's I, that. Ooh, that's such a weird one for me, because like I really like Dawn of War 2 and I mm-hmm. did not like Dawn of War 3. Right. Well, and it's like you, you couldn't just use the Warscape engine like you really couldn't. You need they would need to build a new kind of Total War game where you could like put people in buildings and like take cover in shell holes and stuff like they would need to add features that no total war game has had before. If it's just two regiments of space Marines lining up on a field and shooting at each other, that doesn't sound fun to me at all. Yeah. And Um, like they, they'd have to, they'd have to lean further into like the stuff in the three kingdoms, like more like here, focus on this one unit. Yeah, which really tends to screw up the balance of Total War games. Mm-hmm. Because there are armies in Total War that I th- or armies in 40k that I think could benefit from the Total War treatment, like Imperial Guard and Tyranids, where you've got yes. hundreds and hundreds of guys. But then you need to balance that against like, OK, well, they're fighting 20 Chaos Space Marines and we need to make that fine. So, right. yeah, I mean, like. Three Kingdoms kind of dabbled in some of that stuff of just basically like, here's one guy who is worth a hundred. Here's Lupu. And, and it, <laughs> it worked. But, but see, that was the thing. Like it kind of worked in Three Kingdoms, but also like the balance would twist in either direction where either that one guy wasn't enough or that guy was too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess they've done... In in Total War Warhammer, sort of mo- like what they call monstrous infantry could maybe be a model where you've got right. like a unit that's like 20 of like some kind of troll or something. I, yeah, but you need to do more with terrain. You need to do more with cover for sure. Um, if only they had some kind of like you know. points system where like a large Warhammer 40k universe unit was like worth 20 points and a small one was only worth three points. And then uh, both sides in the army were only allowed to use like a total of 200 <laughs> points. Yeah. And then if you decide to play Imperial Guard, you are going to have to take out a second mortgage because <laughs> it still costs the same amount for 10 miniatures, whether they're worth three points or 300 points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I will say also, um, uh, speaking of games that I hope, I, I think Civ 
Seven is definitely coming first. Yeah. XCOM 3, because XCOM and Civ, the last XCOM, not counting Chimera Squad, and Civ 6 came out at the same time. Oh, interesting. I didn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the The only reason I'm skeptical about that is because Jake Solomon left right after Midnight Suns shipped. And I don't know who else would carry that torch. Like, I don't know who would be after him to make an XCOM free. Surely someone who worked on a previous XCOM feels very passionate about XCOM still. I hope so. I like I hope so. I hope there is still an institutional desire for access to make more XCOM games. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I hope so, because I I am. Uh, just still to this day, I'm just a massive XCOM and XCOM 2 oh, fan. Yeah. I know XCOM 2 had a lot of detractors, especially at launch, but like War of the Chosen is so good. Yeah. And yeah. I even like Chimera Squad a good bit. I never did play Chimera Squad, but I love Enemy Unknown and XCOM 2. So, yeah. Um, um I. Uh, I was oh, that that immediately. Sorry, I, I had a, a brain like whirl of. I feel like somebody else is, you know, uh, yet to take on the XCOM style of of thing in the future. And then it reminded me that Tactical Breach Wizards is actually probably, next to Homeworld 3, my most anticipated strategy game. Oh, yeah, that that looks so cool. Uh, which is very Chimera yeah. Squad, where it's like yeah. you know very small indoor spaces and stuff like that with a bunch of people who have weird magical powers. Um, in this case, like yeah. a it's a SWAT team of but they're but they're wizards. Um, from the makers of Gunpoint and Heat Signature, which um, I f- are some of the most if you know you know type games uh, out there. I feel like where especially Heat Signature, where it's just like, man, those games are good and nobody knows they exist, but they're oh oh, I could use more of that in my life. I knew Gunpoint, but I do I I had not heard of Heat Signature. I'll have to check that out. Heat Signature um, is much more. Direct is probably closer to a 3MA game than than Gunpoint is. Um, it is still like you are controlling a single little unit, uh, but it is top down, moving through a uh, isometric space, uh, literally in space. In you're you're uh, moving between these little uh, spaceships and hijacking them and jumping on board and like trying to avoid like threat levels. It's sort of real time invisible ink in space. Oh, okay. It's really good. Any other 2024 predictions? Anyone who's like suspiciously quiet that we're hoping to hear from? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm very curious to see what like the the, a released harebrained schemes, obviously a very wounded harebrained schemes is capable of uh, or if they just get, you know, maybe maybe Microsoft swoops in and picks them up and says, hey. Yeah. Would you like to do one of those? But for us. Yeah, I think there'll be a while. They did put out a, a blog recently. I want to say like a couple days ago, being like, hey, we're independent now and we're going to be doing stuff. Right, right. So it's not going to be Battletech or Shadowrun because Paradox still has the rights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah, hey, again, like my, Microsoft's always looking for, for stuff for, for Game Pass and, and whatnot. And I'm generally speaking pretty anti like everything should be owned under one umbrella. Like that stuff, uh, I think, is very spooky for <laughs> obvious reasons now that yeah. 1900 people got laid off due to redundancies. 
Yeah. Um, but it's good when it gives me the games that I want, though. <laughs> so, like, if Microsoft Pentiment. backed up a truck full of money. Yeah, Pentiment, exactly. Pentiment was really good. If Microsoft keeps letting their developers make stuff like Pentiment, I would be happy with that aspect of how they run their business. But, uh, yeah. Um, I think that probably covers it though i mean yeah rel i guess relic is another one where like yeah i would love to see them make a dawn of war 4 if it's closer to dawn of war 2 and not so much dawn of war 3 mm. <laughs> i just recently did a top 10 rts's of all time for ign and i agonized over it and i ended up putting dawn of war 2 at number one because i just i don't think anybody has done a single player rts campaign better than that since then um so yeah. I, I went I went LinkedIn diving and uh, from XCOM to uh, yes, they lost Jake and they lost uh, uh, Mark, uh, Hess, Brian Hess. Yeah. But Mar Mark Nauta is now game director at Firaxis and has been working since Ooh. June of 2022 on an unannounced title. So Hope Springs Eternal. Interesting. <sighs> Um, I, w I wouldn't say it's quiet exactly. I mean, that that's exciting for the record, Mike. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's quiet exactly because they've been announced, but I feel like nobody's talking about them. Um, Clay, I, I'm talking about Invisible Ink made me think of Invisible yeah, Ink. Yeah, yeah. Play. Uh, they've got a new game. They've got a couple new games in development. Um, one of which is Dread Pilots, which basically looks like what if Sunless Sea was in the Clay Entertainment house style. Um, sort of the Griftlands type look, and you know you're you're fl flying around a little spaceship um, and managing resources and you know scavenging for stuff in a kind of a survival like fashion, and that could be pretty I'm cool. Gonna, I'm gonna call it Lemony Snicket Waif Core. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is Clay's like aesthetic style. Um, yeah, that's right. that's the vibe I get from them. Like if you told me um, this took place in the same universe as <laughs> Riftlands or yeah, if, if this was a series of unfortunate events, 30 K or 40 K. <laughs> oh. oh man, a series of unfortunate events, 40 K would be an amazing uh, <laughs> episode title. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, anything to plug anything exciting going on? uh in 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 your lives uh mike you want to start uh nothing exciting is going on in my life uh, uh both miriam and i uh made the jump over uh to the the other side at the roughly the same time so yeah applied to the same positions in fact and, and got different jobs obviously but yeah uh so there's nothing to plug you can always find me uh on blue sky i think i'm mh williams on the blue skies um or other social medias threads whatever um <laughs> but i'm not doing anything other than work <laughs> yeah yeah i'll say uh mike you know we have uh, uh profit sharing so uh, uh if you all want a fantastic free-to-play multiplayer third-person shooter um sci-fi universe with a deep narrative hooks and uh fantastic loadout customization options play warframe 
Never forget that ninjas play for free. Even though I don't <laughs> think we use that anymore. We don't. We haven't used that slogan since before we worked there. If you Google Warframe, that is still the first result that comes up is Warframe <laughs> ninjas play free. Oh, that is, that is the number one Google hit. Um, that was that was the slogan for many years, and I believe that has <laughs> been deprecated at this point. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know. It's it. it uh, hey, I, I say this as somebody who I, I was just telling you, Len, at the beginning of this, I've been playing that that game since closed beta. So I, I practice what I preach. I do quite like Warframe as a video game. I do think it's good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to follow behind both of you in the slowest way possible. It's like I'm making my own artisanal parachute out <laughs> of uh, like napkins uh, before I jump out of the, the game's journalism plane. Uh, where I'm, uh, I'm, I'm chronicling my my game development indie developer oh. uh, journey over at uh, vanadis.me is my new site. Hell yeah, uh, yeah! So you can read. I've got a dev blog going up pretty much every week over there. Is that um, the name of the game, Vanadis? I don't have a name for it yet. It's it's actually my my middle name, which not a lot of people know is Leanna Vanadis, but um and uh it might might be the name of what i end up calling my studio maybe there's a little bit of a rights issue with like a possibly defunct uh japanese uh waifu game thing that hasn't released anything since 2017 but we'll see if i can get that name safely or not uh So, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, Three Moves Ahead is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. You can find us there at idlethumbs.net slash 3MA. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice, so it's no. good that we're at the end of the podcast. Uh, Patreon.com uh, slash 3MA, where we are supported by listeners just like you. Uh, we're starting up some EU for Anbinar multiplayer, if that interests you. Uh, you can also get access to our Discord server, which is... Uh, Quite the uh, quite the active community these days and get access to bonus episodes. Um, we're on Twitter in Blue Sky as 3MA. And I think. You guys have all. Do, oh, oh. You've been streaming, haven't you? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash 3MA live where we are almost up to three streams a week at this point. Uh, if you want to see us play games, including uh, recently Against the Storm and some Dawn of War 2. Uh, Ooh, so, yeah. OK. Two, two bangers. Yes, yes. Good times over there. Um, so that's going to do it for this week uh, for our look ahead to 2024. Uh, so for Mike and for Nerium, this is Len saying good night. Okay, good stuff. <laughs>